Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia, the remote-controlled podcast. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. I'm a remote control. Or Peyton. <laughs> right. That might be the first real intro I've had since, like, S1. I, yeah, Not S1, so. but, first... like, it's been a long time. It's been a long time yeah. since you've actually said your name. Yeah. And now people actually know who you are, so good job. Yeah, right. <laughs> Way to so go. tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about the pitfalls that can come with full disk encryption and verifying the integrity of the data therein. And that's pretty much only what we're going to be talking about. But how, was, how has everybody been? Yeah, you know, I really wanted to start out with happies and crappies. Ha- no. Happies and crappies. No. I don't want to... I don't want to do that. No. I don't, I don't want to... No. We're not going to do a cheers and jeers kind of thing. Not doing it. Happy to crappy cheers. Cheers. Not doing it. Feels too fuzzy. Feel goody. You guys piss me off. Feels like fucking AM radio show. Just talk talk about it like any normal adult gathering and just what's been going on. Well, in the last week, I had some very positive experiences, but I also had some bad ones. And can we kick them now? No, I mean I I've been real stressed out with work. I'm doing this automation project. That, How's that coming? Well, it, every time I like, you know, everyone's like, okay, we need this part to be working, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that part and I'll publish it. And then they're like, well, it'd be great if you could just change this one thing because we actually changed <laughs> our minds. And it's like, well, at some point I just, you know, you and need then to the stop change you made, changes. And then the change right. you made was totally irrelevant. Yeah. 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 So it's like the Onion article on web design. What? Oh, not the Onion. What's the guy who draws the really funny comics? XKC. No, not that guy. Yeah, I mean that guy's funny too. No, the no, guy no, no, that no. draws the really funny co- Peyton, the whole point of comics, web comics, but, like ninety percent of them. No, there's a. I'll I'll find it. Okay, I'll have, find I'll it. Find link show. it to me. Yep, yep, yep. Discord. Yep. I'll put on the shout outs. Anyway, so that's that's a bummer. I have been getting some time to do some personal projects that uh, you know I'm not making any real progress on, but uh, it's been nice to get back to them. Okay. So that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Good. Glad to hear it. Peyton, what's been happening with you? You know, just dealing with the third trimester of a, of a pregnancy and finding out that the uh, the previous tenants of the house, the previous owners of the house, didn't plug a hole where the mm. old propane line went to the propane heater upstairs. And so when my daughter took a, an abnormally long shower and the water pulled up over her ankles. Oh yeah, by the way hair got stuck in there mm. we had some water dripping down on my boy's bedroom mm. so i had to rip out part of the boy's bedroom ceiling and now i'm working on replacing the uh the drywall and also plugging that hole mm-hmm. and also finding ways of vacuuming or getting hair out of shower drains yeah that's been my last two weeks actually has been mm-hmm. that's what i've been doing Drano. i was working at home from home one day yeah you, know, you know every day because of the whole coronavirus thing mm-hmm. and i heard my wife yell to my daughter's get down here and so they get down here and then she's like son go tell your dad to come up here right now and i was like oh crap something's mm-hmm. going on so i run up there and sure enough there's just water dripping down mm-hmm. uh, i had to rip it all out really quick I had to beg off work and get well that taken care of. i can't help you with the hole in the wall but ceiling that's where the uh propane line was it went up into the ceiling mm. yes okay well can't help you with that but I can say that Drano Max Gel works pretty good for hair clogs. We're not sponsored, I by the way. I actually but... got some lye from okay. Lowe's. Okay, lye'll do it. Yep. And I was originally concerned about the sewer, the septic system, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, not septic. being able to have uh-huh. the lye, but it can, mm-hmm. so it's fine. Okay. You don't no, have any no PVC pipes or anything? 
PVC is fine. Okay. Why doesn't eat PVC? No, Why but it's it organic material. Right, but it heats up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we do have PVC pipes, but uh, I flushed it with water. And... Okay. Okay. So it was all good. 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 Again, the point, however, is though, is if you're taking a shower and the water starts pulling up over your ankles, you should probably tell the person in the house whose job <laughs> is, is maintenance to make sure that gets taken care of. Right. Yeah. And also plug any, you know, of your holes at, uh, you have a perverted mind jayton a perverted mind oh man just you know move into a new house butt plug in that's the rule <sighs> yeah previous... now, can, now can we, we are now looking for a new uh new host for the show <laughs> negligent previous house owners are the worst though we, like we've been i, I listen we, we've man, been battling look, that so. Mm, listen, dude. I I find things that I just want to scream. Yeah, it just kind of makes me ask why. Why did you not just spend the the twenty minutes to fix this when you could, and now I have to spend L- literally twenty minutes. Yeah, literally twenty. Now minutes. I have to, now I have to just... spend three plus hours fixing it because it, you know, an X hundred dollars too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yep. like come on. You know, like the shower up there. Like I originally thought the shower was leaking, like the floor of the shower was leaking because it's an uneven shower floor mm-hmm. and it's rocks that he put in instead of like an actual like plastic basin, mm. you know, for it's because it's a stand up shower. Right. So like, you know, mm. what the hell? So that's been my, sorry, this has been home owner administrivia. Yeah. Except for Jathan. Who just... Except for Jathan. He sucks. He's not, he can't vote because he's not a, he's not 21 and a landowner. <laughs> he's He's older than twenty one, but he's not a landowner. Okay. It was. It's. It's. A, that's. It's. A, you know. You have to be over twenty one and a landowner, according to the. You know. The old white people who made the country. Yeah, well, right. But that's, we've. Thankfully, we've, we've, we've had amendments. That, but, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> oh my god. Now that I've offended the female listeners, sorry. Yeah. This is this is Constitution and Ministeria. Yeah. So, before we get into it, what's uh-huh. everyone drinking? Jaython, you go first. Like always. Mm. Yes, I have Corona. Virus? That's, that's sad to hear, Jathan. I hope you get better soon. Oh, oh, fuck. Fuck me. I find out my mom has coronavirus. Well, shit. And she's got COPD. So, like, you know, mm. like she's like the epitome of the people who shouldn't get it because, right. you know, compromised immune system or whatever. Right. So, yeah. Jathan, is it a Corona or a Corona light? It is a Corona. Mm. So it's water, essentially. I actually yeah. don't think I've ever had Corona Light, and I would never intentionally drink Yeah, that. no, it's it's terrible. You might as well just drink water. Right, right. yeah, I might as well drink water instead of Corona Light. Well, you know, I, I've been on a real Mick Ultra kick. Yeah, we know. So I brought the, out the big guns for you guys the, tonight. Wow. What wow. did you call it? The literature? literature. <laughs> the literature about Mick Ultra. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Peyton, what are you drinking? Milk and water. Together? Well, no, I have oh. milk right now, and then I have water for when that runs out. I see. You could mix them and just get skim milk. Yeah, I mean, it's gross, <sighs> though. It's gross. It's so gross. I hate skim milk. Yeah. I have 2% here. Does Do any of our listeners actually like skim milk? Add us on Twitter if you... Send Add it, us on Twitter yeah, if send you it like at skim message, milk. At thinking this of, has been bovine administrivia. At I'm thinking of... Underscore podcast. You're thinking of what, Jathan? Oh, the episode of Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson is like talking about how skim milk is just milk pretending to be water or some shit, or water pretending yeah, to be milk. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's milk pretending it's to be water. Pretty much it. Water. It's, it's, yeah, it's gross. Yeah, that's that's it. It it's is gross. disgusting. It's disgusting. I only drink whole milk. Yeah, whole milk or death, honestly. It's the worst thing in the world. Okay, what I 
ironically enough, I'm drinking water. Water? Yeah, I, I just put my trays back in, you, so I can't. Are you in the pocket of Big Agua? The Grande Agua? The what? Aquafina for life. No, I no, I, it's specifically it is Crystal Springs because they oh. got it delivered. And I had so that water here's cooler. the thing. Yeah. If you guys aren't going to drink anymore, I shouldn't drink either. No, I drink when I can. Jason, if you I can hold just on. I have a chance to go get alcohol. Jason, if you can hold on like a month and a half, that's when I should be done my trays. Then and we then drink be... a lot to celebrate. Well, not a then lot. Then we will then no, we'll have a, a shit lot. show, a mini shit show no. to celebrate. No, I don't want to yes. do a whole bunch shit show. We'll just call it the fart show. No, no. <laughs> we'll call it the prelude to the shit show. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the shart. <laughs> welcome to the shart. <laughs> <laughs> Juveniles. A lot of you. <laughs> Uh, I, wouldn't I'm happen if you plugged your holes. Juveniles. Okay. Wouldn't happen. No, I'm drinking Crystal Springs mineral water because that's what I get delivered from my cooler. Wow. Don't you have mineral water like like from your filter too in your house? No. So that actually removes all water. It's it's a uh, all well, water. So it's just, <laughs> no, it's no, just no, minerals. <laughs> you sure you're not drinking? Sorry, sorry, dude. You could make some money off that shit. It Fucking actually... sell it to the farmers like your own mineral blocks. Right? Seriously, J-Fan? fresh out of the tap. <laughs> Jathan, what? they already have that. It's called a dehydrator. <laughs> have you ever that... seen dehydrated water? It's just an empty pot. <laughs> just add water. It depends what's in it. <laughs> Anyways, no. It, so it, it, it actually that was that was a misnomer because it's not reverse osmosis. It's it's a triple. It's a double carbon and then a paper filter. I think. All right. All right. All right. But yeah, nobody yeah. gives a shit. All right. All right. It removes a lot of the minerals. It removes a lot of the minerals. It's a little alkaline. But All that's right. okay. So you're you're drinking water because you got your trays in. In a month yeah. and a half or so, we're gonna have a mini shit show called a Shart episode. <laughs> Look, we'll if you guys want to get hammered, that's fine. But we will get. I'm going we will to drink. I'm I'm going to drink. I can't guarantee I'm gonna get plastered, but I'm gonna drink. Well, it doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. You hey, know? you know what's fucking great is since last episode. Mm-hmm. We announced the Discord, and we already have like twenty people there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, come yeah, on. Yeah, we down had to like eighteen people before Jathan. Nah, no. we had like nah, we had like ten. Okay, we're gonna we're specifically gonna call people out. I apologize if you don't want to be named, but yeah, okay. We've had these are the exact people that have joined since we announced it, right? Swat, who was already in our IRC. Persuade. Which is fine. It's, it's Which fine. Is fine. I mean, he wants to be in both sides. That's fine. I don't think I, she, I prefer that. There I go, assuming genders again. Jesus. Control yeah, they, bite. They. They. Oh, they, my, they. oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> control bite. <laughs> IT Sun Shout out to Control Bites. Control out to, shout out to IT Doctor. Yeah. I, IT what? What'd you call it? What? what? IT Sun Vater. Yeah. Shout out to him. Paul. Paul. And Solemn and Jim. Also, shout out to A Mayor. So also, Grim Sis Admin. Yeah, Grim Sis Admin. Where, and then where? The, the two dudes who joined yesterday. Oh, that yesterday. is, is Swath. Yes. Who, who's the two dudes that joined I yesterday? I already named them. He already named them. Oh. Well, shit. Listen, come join our Discord and, and oh entertain us with things. Oh, oh no. And and we got and? Sacred Beast. No, they've and been there. The tech steward. He Bunny. said that. Yeah, I did say that. But he's been in our IRC as well. And Bunny, and Bunny. was also in our IRC as well. But now they're in the so, Discord. Bing. Yeah, now they're in the Discord. All right, Bunny doesn't even listen to us, number one. Well, so? She's still a fan. My, my point is, that had nothing to do with us announcing it on the show. It kind of did. No, it didn't. Because people were talking about it. 
Remember, the guy was like, hey, is the Discord linked to the IRC? And she's like, what? And then she joined the Discord. I feel like you might have the order was, wrong there. I'm pretty sure it Bunny was joined. To, I think Bunny joined was, before. I think you're incorrect. Before we, we even released last episode, but no, we can check. No, she, we can check the logs. We talked about it. That was not even that. It was like we were talking about it. Oh well. Oh yeah, because Jathan was fighting with the bot. Yeah, because he doesn't read docs. Right. Anyways, point being, that Anyways. had nothing to do with the episode release. I didn't fight with a bot. The bot fought with me. No. Did, did, now let and me the ask bot you the question. Did you win? No, he yes. Didn't. Because if you no. didn't win, then you know that's terrible. I won. You didn't win. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm a champion. I don't think you won. That was like, oh, it was a moral victory, but you, like really a loss. Are you the princes of the universe kind of champion, or are you <laughs> Mike Tyson champion? Yeah. It's not an inclusive or. It's he's one a or the other. delusions of grandeur champion. <laughs> he's R two D two champion. He's <laughs> okay. All right. Let's. Oh my gosh. Let's get it back on track. Peyton, what's your tip? <laughs> Roger that. Okay, so we have talked quite a bit about backups. Yep. Disaster recovery, failovers, separate sites. It helps if you actually engage in those behaviors mm-hmm. every so often. I can't go into specifics, but uh, let's just say that we should have. Wait, mm. when you... S- what? Well, when you say those behaviors, you mean testing those things. Testing those things. Mm-hmm. Doing those things. Yeah, pretend you have a disaster. Pretend you uh, making sure that your, your application that's on one server on one side only can work on, you know, the other side if that server suddenly shits the bed. Like, you should do that. And it mm-hmm. should be done. And if you don't, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't go into two more more specifics, but uh, you know, whatever. So, um, so your tip totally is fine. test your back backups, basically. Your, your tip is, or my tip is, it's multifold, really. It's take backups, test your backups, mm-hmm. have your application on more than just one server, so you can do failovers if you need, if it's mission critical or you know production related. And uh, oh yeah, test that shit. Mm-hmm. And also patch your things. And yeah, and, and patch all the things, right? I apologize if it's not, you know, a tip about something else, but no, it's, it's directly related to work. And it's a good and, reminder to have. And it's a good reminder. Okay. So, that being said, we're just going to go into the, the main topic now. Jathan was trying to set up a test environment. I, I want to preface this <laughs> by t- telling him multiple times he should have just set up a local VM, but he's like, uh, no, uh, this is the yes, cost I, effective. I no, you asshole. Listen. I'm. Mm-hmm. You can finish what you're saying, but then before we actually talk about the topic, I get to say he what I'm saying. He just Kanye West you. He just Kanye Wested you. He did. He did. Yeah. Well, he next totally I'm going to run for president, so vote for me. <laughs> oh my god. Well, he didn't actually Don't run vote for, for president. Jayton. That'd so, be that yeah. would that would be a, a surefire. That would be like voting for. Our no, no. I just else. I just want to tell you why. Just just finish what you're saying. No, no, no. You said what? You said oh, it's it's the you know the cheap effective option and it's not just that. Need no, no, no. I will get just fucking let me say it when you're done with your thing. Okay. okay, but what Jathan failed to take should. into account was just how low spec their lowest plan was, <laughs> which means it has a very small amount of RAM. Now, if you... how much RAM did it have? No, wait, yeah. wait, wait. It was like two fifty six, I think, right? No, five twelve. Five twelve. Okay. Five twelve. Five twelve. So Jathan didn't realize that it, you know, as part of Vulture's Arch, in, uh, you know, installation procedure for Arch, it does the copy to RAM option. The problem is. The ISO is what six hundred megabytes now. So already yeah, like six forty. Okay, six forty. So if you passed elementary school math, you'll start to see the issue here. You can't Let's fit six forty. Six 
forty. Yep. 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 Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's uh, that's also without mentioning that the well, I guess I'm mentioning it now. The squash file system is compressed, so really it's more than six forty. So yeah, it's a big issue. I, if I recall correctly, you need I think at least a gig, or maybe seven hundred some. The documentation does not say that. Okay. Well, Jathan, common sense should say wait, wait, most modern you machines. Actually, you actually read the documentation. He did. I I'm did. Proud of I'm him. astonished. So but here's the Jathan, thing. I wanted to see. Have to. Well, well, here's my thing: is uh-huh. if you're saying the computer to run Arch Linux has a minimum requirement for 512 megs of RAM, you'd think your install ISO would probably work on that as well. Not necessarily. I understand that it's possible that, you know, you can support different install methods. I'm just saying if that's what you're listing as your bottom line, if it were me, I would make sure that there's an installer that that works. And there is. I mean, there's always a net installer. What does the word minimum mean? Yeah, the smallest it says is 512 megs. What's the recommended? What's the difference between recommended and minimum, Chathon? I don't know what recommended is. I mean, I know what the word is. I don't know what they recommend. Okay. Minimum means it is the least amount possible for it to be functional. Meaning, you may run into some issues, like you did. Also meaning, (laughs) that's why they provide alternative installation, like a net install. So, that being said, yeah, he ran into some issues. And he lost at least a day on it. A day. At least, I'll yeah. just all because he's trying to get ZFS on an Arch install, but I, I mean, I, I don't know why he don't just you, doesn't. Right. So let me know. tell you. Wait, don't, don't you have a virtual server, Jathan? Don't you have a machine for virtual servers and things? He, no, I do. I, I mean, he he could even install VirtualBox, and that would have been fine. On your on your Mac. On his workstation. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. So listen. You know. Yes, mm-hmm. I have lots of places to make a virtual machine, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so this is. I hesitate to even say anything ZFS about this. ZFS on Linux is RAM heavy. Why would you even test on that? Right. Right. No, no, no. No, just listen. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. The whole point in me doing this is, you know, yes, I'm trying to learn about the process and shit like that, but I am also, I have started making some content on YouTube mm-hmm. that is, you know, like okay. walkthroughs and tutorials and explanations for shit. And so... The whole point of me using Vulture or a Linode or whatever for a lot of these things that I've been working on recently is that you could go and do the same thing without having to set up VirtualBox or something else like that. So that is why I'm trying to get it working on a public resource as opposed... Because, right, you can go to the Linode Docs page and get $20 in credit. So if you want to go through a tutorial, you don't have to set anything up and you don't even really have to pay if you have some credit. And Linode and Vulture give away credit all the time for shit. So So what you're telling me is that you've essentially created a guide on how to use Vulture. No, I mean... Because that's this not point... transferable to Linode, and that's not transferable to DigitalOcean, even though they let you upload, up, use a different ISO. Yeah, so that is the thing, is, you know, the whole reason I'm using Vulture right now is because Linode mm. doesn't allow you to use a custom ISO, and Vulture does. So for this particular video, I am going to basically say, like, yes... I'm using Vulture, here's why. If you want to use Linode, here's instructions for using a custom ISO. It's not meant to be an all-encompassing video to teach you how to do all these things. It's just so that if you want to follow along, you have an accessible way to do it with, I don't want to say the least amount of effort, but with a very, you know, minimal amount of effort. Do you remember me telling you, like, at least half a month ago, if not an entire month ago, that you should create separate videos for each provider telling them how to spin up an instance and yes. then link to the... Okay, that would be yes. the way to do this, Jathan. No, because that's fine. That, no, no, no. That video was about getting ZFS on Linux root. 
Well, I haven't even made a video yet. Okay, the whole point was... That was why you wanted to make it. Well, no, I didn't even get to ZFS. I was just trying to install my own Arch at the time. So I obviously learned that before I could even delve into ZFS, I have to explain that portion. So it wasn't for nothing. I mean, I still learned something, and you're right. If I'm going to encourage people to use Vulture, I have to give them that disclaimer and show them, you know a video of selecting the right instance and shit would, because obviously the smallest one won't work. I well, totally get what I you're just, saying. I mean, and I'm I, not would, I would just disagree. Leave, I would just leave the actual VPS creation out of that video entirely because th- that's not the point yeah. of the video. Well, it just depends if you need and to a specify. Lot of those, a lot of those are really self-explanatory anyway. You know, I mean, you, yeah, you boot it up. Click here, click there, you're done. Boom. The video right, should bongo. start like the the demonstration part unless you have yep. like an intro or whatever it should start with you sitting at the arch iso I, arch install iso shell yeah and i didn't say i wasn't going to do that what i'm telling you is that if mm-hmm. i'm going to make a video and encourage people like oh i'm using vulture for this reason by the way if you're trying to do this you have to have a vulture of at least this size i don't have to necessarily show them but i should still explain why i'm using a one gig vulture over 512 megs or whatever mm-hmm which mm-hmm. I now have obviously learned firsthand that that's like I would have just assumed probably, mm-hmm. but that's why we test things before we disseminate information to other people. Well, I'm saying you're disseminating unnecessarily tied information, which muddies the water. They think now they're <laughs> going to think they're going to think okay, the only way I can get ZFS on Arch is to get a VPS, which is right. wrong. Right. What do you mean? Wait, wait. What do you what mean? You say? say it again. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I, said, no, I like zoned out. Like what? I, I could tell. <laughs> They're going to watch it and they're going to think, okay, the only way I can get ZFS on Arch Linux is to get a Vulture VPS, which is wrong. No, of course I'm going to explain that that's not the case. Okay, then why bother showing it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because if somebody wants to follow along verbatim with what I'm doing, you know, step for step, exact environment, Mm. that is the the environment I'm using. That's important. Well, if if you're shooting for like zero experience, I would still... I'm, I'm not video. shooting for I'm not shooting for zero, but I'm also not shooting for. So here's the thing, right? Is this particular video, and we're we're really talking about shit that doesn't matter right this second. And uh, I'm not going to lie, you kind of fucked me over for my 15 clams what's, what's here. That, Brent? We're 24 kinda, minutes in, and we have nothing about our topic yet. That's right. You kind of fucked me over for my 15 clams, but. Well, all right. It'll be all right. But so the whole thing is I'm not shooting for people with zero experience because mm-hmm. if that were the case, I would need a billion videos about DNS and. You know, setting up remote access for SSH and shit like that. And I'm not doing all that in this video. Mm-hmm. But it's also not meant for people who have all the experience. So, like, my goal here really so who's is... Your target? Is people who are not experienced at all? No. It's no, people zero. who yeah. are probably already familiar with Arch Linux. And okay. probably use Arch Linux, but haven't touched ZFS. So, there's a two-part video. The first one... You know, the first part is going to be installing ZFS on Arch. Not, I'm, and I'm not even planning to go through it like necessarily completely stepwise. What I'd really like to do is present a script that I wrote that says, like, here's what the rest of the video is, is me going through this script, so that you can just go run the script or read it yourself. Like, I'm not going to sit through the video and have me do it stepwise. The other part of it, though, is after the system is actually up, what I really wanted to do is do, like, a ZFS primer. So, like, now that I have a storage pool... Did you say primer? You did. That is a word. Are you fucking English? It's primer, dude. No, it's primer. Oh my gosh. Now that we've gotten way off topic, you know what, Jathan? Right. I'm cutting you off. So what I'm we're going to talk about tonight is how... Is encryption. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Full disk encryption. How essentially Jesus it's Christ. impossible to guarantee the integrity of that without... If someone else has hardware or hypervisor access. There. Yes. Okay. 
Man. Okay, so... You're the, the one this... who brought us here. No, 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 no. I didn't take us here. No, no, no. I pointed in us, that he direction. He put us in the car. I said, you took over and yeah. fucking drove us off to the lake. Yeah, that's, that's... The fucking dam where that's we wanted to go. And now we're, we're sinking to the bottom of the lake. Thank so, God. Fuck me. Okay, Jesus. so the It's only being, one breath. Just embrace full it. Full disk encryption, meaning like, you know, slash root not slash root but slash your your root mount point root file yes. system root encryption is really difficult to do i mean it's easy to set up and it's easy to use but you run into problems of how to do it securely and here's why if you have or if a malicious party has hardware access or hypervisor access which is why we bring up the whole vps thing if they have access in some way to that lower level you really need to be careful because there's a lot of things that can go wrong that you probably didn't even think about. Right. Let, let's so, start with hardware. Well, yeah. So I was going to say, so what we're going to talk about is first what you need to think about. And then we're going to talk about the ways that you could possibly try to mitigate it, but why those are also flawed and you're just fucked in the end. <laughs> well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but... There's no way to do it right, though, is the answer. Well, there's ways, there's better ways. And then there are ways to know if it happened, but there's no way to fully prevent it from happening. Yeah. Okay, so hardware, right? You have a, a server in the DC. It contains really potentially sensitive information, whatever that might be, whether it's HIPAA or whatever. So you decide, hey, I know, I'll, I'll full disk encrypt it, and that'll, that'll get me integrity, and that'll get me protection. So you, you do your full disk encryption. But the problem is hardware doesn't really understand encryption. It doesn't understand looks, for instance. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't right. know about AES, whatever. And furthermore, it doesn't really understand how those algorithms are applied. It doesn't know how to read the headers. Right. So you still have to manually partition the storage, and you still have to actually set up some sort of plain text bootstrapper, whether it's the full bootloader, whether it's just a kernel, you know, with those encryption, with that encryption support built in, whatever. At some point in the chain, you need some sort of plain text access, which, you know, makes sense. Well, there is an exception to that. In what way? Well, not specific to a VPS, but I mean, you could use some kind of physical hardware token. Like a TPM? Yeah, well, no, no I, I mean, even you could, I, I'm pretty sure there's a, a way to use like a USB file-based method. No, because that would require a, like, let's say you're using Effie, for instance, right? Yeah. The only way that's going to work is if your FE firmware understands how to decrypt that same file system that the OS is using. And oh, I can I guarantee you, yeah, and I can guarantee you, like, FE firmware writers, I mean, I guess you could write your own FE firmware, but who the fuck wants to do that? I don't. Fuck that shit. The only way that'll work is if the FE firmware understands that same encryption algorithm. And I, to my knowledge, aside from, like, Coreboot or whatever they call themselves now, there's no real firmware system at that low of a level, BIOS or UEFI, that will understand, like, looks, for instance, DMcrypt. It won't. It's too much. It will not even fit in the heart, in the firmware. We're not even going to fuck with it, you know? So, no, you can't. Now, you can use, like, a TPM or hardware token or whatever for the actual encryption, but that doesn't matter, and, and we'll tell you why in a little bit here. So the problem is, okay, so you've got the hardware level, you've got this single point of plain text, and then from there you can bootstrap into an encrypted system. Great. But what about that plain text jump point, right? That still has to remain plain text so the hardware can understand it. 
and load it up and load you know device drivers so it actually ac- access the disks and things like that right but that's a weakness isn't it because someone can use a custom built kernel with their own written drivers i mean it's linux so you know they could if you go a more lax route where you have your entire bootloader plantex i mean they could have it load they could change the boot entry they could change the init ramfs which is probably how i do it because just about every modern Linux requires an init RAMFS or init RD initial RAM disk. And that would be really the easy place to set this up. But, you know, you can insert a keylogger in there. You can insert a, you can poison the number generation. You can do all sorts of really nasty stuff when you have access to the kernel and or init RAMFS. So you're fucked, right? Now with hypervisors, it gets even more hairy. Because you have access to all the same things. You know, the provider is who I mean when I say you. The provider right. has access to the same stuff, bootloader, whatever. A lot of VPS providers don't even do full virtualization. They do para-virtualization where you share the host's kernel and, you know, initial RAM disk. Or they do something like OpenVZ where it's basically just a glorified CH root where you don't even have your own kernel. Uh, kernel space it's all like c grouped or it's all just copied device files you know Mm -hmm. so there's different levels here but the point is they all have access to this but in addition to all that especially if it's paravert or something like openvz jails basically Mm -hmm. they also have access to actual like character devices so like dev null dev random all sorts of stuff you name it, they have access to it. They can access the keyboard directly, you know? So they can they can actually read the quote-unquote TTY input. All sorts of stuff. This is ripe for gathering. But and they don't I, need I, access to your full disk encryption. Yes. I mean, we've always harped that if you have physical access to something... Right, it's game not, over. It's not really yeah. secure. We're kind of digging so into why, yeah. Basically, what you're saying is if you have something that's encrypted you better hope it doesn't get in the hands of a bad actor because they're going to be able to compromise it somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Now, to be clear, that is kind of, if you have your own hardware and you have good physical security, encryption will help you because even if somebody breaks in, they won't be able to enter single-user mode and fuck with it. That's, or I, I mean... Or any, yeah, or, or any, it doesn't need to necessarily be a single-user, but any sort so of... So what yeah, we're talking about say, now is very specific to virtualized hardware that you don't maintain well i i mean i was i was opening up with hardware you may maintain yourself but that's what i was figuring is that right. i mean you're talking about you've got whether it's a vulture vm a linode or an actual mm-hmm. physical machine somewhere with a running a vm host mm-hmm. for virtual machines if someone can walk into your data center plug a usb in you really unless you have intrusion detection Mm-hmm. Like, or you have USB ports turned off or whatever, you really, mm-hmm. you really have no choice. Right. Like you have right. no recourse. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's why it's, uh, defense in depth is an important thing. Cause then you have right. the, you know, you have the initial protection of guards, you know, personnel right. actually in right. person, you have like physical access lockdown. So you've got like locked cabs and stuff like that. Right, And then on top of that, you've got things like IDS for your cabs and cases. And then you've got full disk encryption at the end. That's kind of, 
Ideally, that's like worst case scenario. What a full disk encryption will prevent, assuming they haven't gained access up until this point without your knowledge, what it will prevent is decryption off-site. Or, I mean, technically mm -hmm. on-site, whatever. But it, it will prevent mm -hmm. unauthorized parties from decrypting that data, from gaining that sure. data. They may gain access to it. But if you've got a good intrusion system set in place, there haven't been any incidences or anything like that, mm -hmm. you're safe. Now, where it gets hairy is you have none of that in VPS. Because I'm going to tell you right now, like a lot of VPS providers just don't even have their own data center. And a lot of the data centers they contract with, they colo with, don't have guard personnel. They've just got like locks on the doors and stuff. That makes me sick. No, I mean, it's I mean, expensive, it, right? Yeah, it's really expensive. I mean, you can't really fault them, especially because, you know... I can fault them. Well, no, because I'm willing to venture a guess that, like, Linode, as an example, couldn't have a $5 offering if they had to pay for their own data centers. And to be fair, I actually don't even know if Linode has entirely their own data centers or not, but I suspect they do not. From what I recall, they don't. They... But they do, I think they do have their own cabs, so they aren't, they aren't co-racking. They're just co-lowing. Right. But, you know, all that aside, there's still, I mean, that's almost a greater risk, honestly, because then you have multiple people coming in to the data center, sometimes unsupervised. So whatever. Point is, there's a lot of entryways here to get that access, right? So we can say that with it is impossible to guarantee, and I, I use the word guarantee very strongly here. I, you know, think about what a guarantee actually is. Right. It's, like you put it in writing for a client. Uh, more than that. It's, five, it's more five than nines. that. It's saying it is not just implausible, but impossible to happen, right? There's no guarantee that your data cannot be accessed. Now, it can, you, you can have things in place to know if something weird is going up. And again, these aren't foolproof. There's no guarantee here. There's never going right. to be a guarantee. That's, right. that's what security is. There's, it, there's no such thing as a guarantee. There's another level of that, though, but, and, you know, I think we're going to get to it, but, you know, there's one thing, it's one thing when something happens and you notice it and you can fix it, mm -hmm. but there's a, it's a totally it, yeah. different thing when something happens and, and it's you don't really fucking it. hard to tell. Yeah. And that's what this falls into. Like, if somebody employed well, modifying, we're about both, but yeah. yeah, 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 no, we're definitely talking about both, but I mean, like, if somebody employs some kind of method for, like, fucking with your init RAM FS, unless you are checking it every single time you boot up, which you can do, and we're going to talk about that. Brent's going to talk about it because I don't know mm. shit. <laughs> you know, you don't know if somebody, like, you boot your computer up and you assume that it's the same in it RAM NFS as last time you booted well, your computer Well, that's what happened with taters. Well, well no. <laughs> taters, I just literally changed the boot order in his UFE. Right, right, right. It right. booted the ISO. But... Well, no, but still, like, he left his computer unattended. Oh, right. And then the next thing you know, he's staring at another screen that he should He's be staring at a b-disc shell yeah <laughs> right exactly when he should have been staring at his at a system that had been properly locked down mm. so you know yeah right ha ha taters so, Got you. <laughs> so as a result of this you know you what can you do about it right because there is no guarantee but there are things you can do to increase the detection of it right now as i was saying there's no guarantee for these either because now to be clear what you're saying, and I'm, I'm kind of asking this just to make the point, not because I don't know the answer, but like you're saying when I log into my Linode mm -hmm. and I type my pseudo password, Linode can have that password. 
Yes. Because that's, at the end of the day, that's a character device throughput. Especially if you're using Linode's Paravert, because then it goes right through their kernel. I don't even think they offer it anymore. They might, but... I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's not so, a So SSH being encrypted doesn't save you here. Right, it helps. You know, obviously it helps for a lot of things, but it, it will not be a... It's not a guarantee. I want us to focus on that word guarantee here. Yeah. Because it's, it might save you from a lot of low-hanging attacks. So in a sense, yes, it will save you, but it's you know, not Jay's a guarantee. You know, trying to hack you. <laughs> right, but it's not a guarantee, right? There are no guarantees. Yeah, so even... And especially if you... Actually, you know what? I'll just jump into it. So the ideal way of approaching this for a VPS, for, you know, I guess... No, no, for a VPS. We'll, we'll stick with that. First, you will want to ha be able to create the disk image locally on a machine you can trust. Again, no guarantee because you don't know entirely what's running in the background all the time, 100%, because there has to be some level of trust to external parties there somewhere. But... You can get pretty close. So you can probably trust your own machine over someone else's, right? Okay. So then in that case, let's build the file system on an encrypted volume, an encrypted disk image, essentially, right? Then you can block for block copy that. And then you can even have a plain text bootloader on that VPS. The disk is still encrypted. The reason you don't want to set up that disk encryption remotely is because if you're doing that through their, I don't know, rescue system or something, they might have a key logger there. So you want to, you know, base level, set up that file system locally first. That way you can have a plain text bootloader or whatever you want on the VPS, assuming full vert. Now then what you would do is in this encrypted file system, obviously before you copy it, because you don't want to unlock it until you do this, but inside that encrypted file system locally, you would take the checksum of the kernel and the initial RAMFS or initial RAM disk, you know, two sides, same coin, essentially. And this is assuming you're using your own kernel on the VPS. Yeah, side. yeah. This doesn't work so hot with Fulvert because that you don't have any control over that when the kernel updates and things. No, you so, mean Paravert. Uh, right. Yeah, what did you say? You said Fulvert. Folder. Yeah, you want to do this Fulvert, in Fulvert. Fulvert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fulvert's going to be the way to go to this because you can't really do it in Paravert. So, right. So you grab the checksums of those and then in your initial... RAMFS and as a startup script in your file system, uh, in the encrypted part, in both places, you want the checksum of the kernel. And inside the file system, you want the checksum of both the kernel and the initial RAM file system. What this lets you do is check for tampering in the kernel and or file system. Ideally, you should also do it for your bootloader. So you can check it there. And there are, depending on how in-depth you want to get with this, you can find ways of checksumming the live kernel configuration, like proc config.gz, right? You want to right. checksum everything you can related to the early boot process. So you have all these checksums, and then you compare it. So what happens if the checksums match? Great. If you did everything right, there's a good chance, not a perfect chance, because again, you're still relying on an external input system to update these checksums. But there's a good chance that everything's okay. If they don't match, you know for a fact something's fucked. Either one of two things happen. One, either you forgot to update the checksums after you updated your kernel and or in it, RAMFS, whatever. Or two, someone got in, which means they, or someone's trying to get in, which means they have essentially gotten your passphrase or your token or whatever to unlock this disk encryption. 
that's what you can assume anyways it, it doesn't it again it doesn't mean it actually happened it just means that they replaced your kernel and or your init ramfs with an unauthorized copy with a copy that you yourself did not generate or update or whatever so in that case you don't really have a choice about what you can do other than ground zero you got to take a scorched earth approach which means wiping that entire file system. Right. Because at that point, you can assume that they have access because you typed in your passphrase into a compromised kernel or into a compromised NRMFS. So again, you can detect it, but you cannot prevent it. And even then, the detection is not guaranteed. Now, does anyone have any additional ideas on what we can do about this? Because I think there's not really any foolproof way around it that's 100%. Yeah, there's definitely not a foolproof way. Right. I'd say the checksumming gets you about 98, 99% foolproof, but... Yeah, the only thing I could think of is, you know, if you had some... I don't know, man. If you had some data... Like, is there any way you could set up some kind of handshake that wasn't just reliant on the VPS itself, but, like, almost had to reach out for some kind of token or something from a remote server... So that's, this is where it gets difficult, right? Because then you run into dependency. Absolutely. If you have a static configuration, right, You, you for your right. network, meaning like a static IP, you need somewhere to store that information, which would normally be on the encrypted disk. Now you could store it with like the init RAMFS, but then there's no guarantee that that won't be altered. And then you, assuming you wanted to do a PKI, you know, like some sort of two-way encryption for that, you would need to store that private key somewhere. Again, it would need to be in the init RAMFS. You could do it plain text, but there's no guarantee that there's going to be no tampering in between, no men in the middle, right? So no, there's not really any way to handshake it because you still run into the dependency of needing a secure place to store secure things if you want to do it securely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I mean, well, well, I'm even thinking about yeah. like a time-based thing, right? Like, this is just conceptual. This is not something that I'm saying will work because I don't know the intricacies of it. But you know, imagine like, you know, you and I have a Linode together, uh, and ooh. <laughs> yeah, things are getting serious. And basically, the Linode itself has to somehow, you know, make contact with our Vault server, hit a certain endpoint to grab a token that has to match. But that token is only available. When we say, so like we turn it on, we boot the Linode, we turn it back off. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe it's... it's. Why are we turning it off? Well, I mean, we turn off the access. Oh, the endpoint for the token generation. Right, and maybe okay. it's time-based so that even if the provider grabs the token, mm-hmm. the next time that they try to reboot or whatever, if it's not the exact same time, like an RSA key, mm-hmm. it's not going to work again. So, I mean, that, again, I mean, that's theoretically pfs perfect forward secrecy right because you're right. not you can't reuse the token yeah but the big thing is you know this is a conceptual idea but there's there's no tool that does this to my knowledge so i'm just throwing this out there as an idea well you're still running into the issue of you need some way of securely entering that token at such a low level especially right right yeah remotely and you need some way of having that machine confirm that it's a, a valid token right so then you run back into, do I use networking further? Because then, you know, you need somewhere to store that network, networking information. And you they could alter that to point to an endpoint that says, yep, always valid. I mean, you could compare it against a, a public key for that service, but 
again yeah. men in the middle they can alter the that public key that's stored so, so yeah, there's no real way to do it there's uh, ways to get closer to it but there's no way to guarantee it it almost sounds to me like mm-hmm. a better way to do it on a vps would be not to encrypt all of root but to encrypt like home for example so that well, you what, could what would that gain you well it depends what you're trying to store of course mm-hmm. you know also potentially somebody with access to to the root could gain access to everything else so you're right i don't know yeah right because i mean i i understand like yeah, then you think oh then i can ssh in and right because then it. you're in the os or whatever but right. you're in the os since right. that's plain text now it's even easier to alter the ssh daemon for instance so do you personally or professionally i guess if you're at liberty do you use any full disk encryption on a remote provider no i generally speaking the data that i store is intended to be non-sensitive on external providers yeah hmm. yeah so precisely because of this issue right like right. you can't trust it well so that's if like... i if i do need to serve or store sensitive data i do that in my home lab yeah and then you encrypt backups with something like borg mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if i really need to serve live data that is sensitive i haven't had a need yet but but wait till he puts his credit card numbers on the internet yeah because that would be really good well technically every time you buy something online you do that but whatever now i haven't needed to do that yet but i can thanks rcn i can just serve that directly from my home lab and that'll let me i mean you do run into the same sort of issue where it's like how can you have that full trust that full guarantee because you can't but the more you know, you you can at, at least then have a reliable audit log of what accesses the information and when and from where. Right. And you can know what information they are accessing. And you can restrict what access or what information can be accessed, you know? Right, right. Uh, so you do have a little bit more control in that sense. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is a problem that people or providers will come up with some kind of solution for moving forward? I'm not sure it's possible because it essentially there's to my knowledge, there's no real way to fully prevent an evil made attack. Yeah. There always needs to be. And that's simply because there always needs to be some level of trust somewhere. Right. It's a matter of what you feel comfortable putting that trust in and where. Yeah. Huh. I mean, if we really want to get paranoid as if we haven't already, but if we really keep in mind the, the like the amount of time that would and, and effort that would be involved in these attacks is, is very consuming. So you'd have to be a high value target, but usually those are the people that need it the most. Now, if you really want to get paranoid, you can think about your actual operating system. Did you write every line of code in that operating system yourself? No, right? of course. I mean, that's always the case. Even locally, when you mm-hmm. know that you have, you know, encrypted disk and it's not network accessible and shit like that. Right. You know, now, obviously, from a network perspective, you can isolate outgoing traffic and stuff like that. So it might make it harder for somebody to exfiltrate data. Sure. Yeah. Which, by the way, is at least in part, a, you know, that is not the worst argument for blocking outbound ports. Yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, yeah, there's ways to get closer. But there's no guarantee. I, I think that's the the key takeaway I, I want people to walk yeah. away from this with. Yeah. Is just and always keep that in mind. Is like, how can I make this the hardest within right. my budget yeah. to compromise? And the other aspect of it is, you know, if you're doing something like full disk encryption on a remote resource, or even just your passwords on remote resources, like don't share your password between your Linode and your laptop. Mm-hmm. Because yep. anybody... Well, yeah. 
who works at Linode, not anybody, but, you know, the right people who work at Linode could always have your fucking password if they want. So assuming they are storing passwords in a very irresponsible manner and or doing really shady shit with how you enter that password. Yeah, right. right. That's right. what I mean. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's just general good practice. No, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, some people like, oh, well, it's fine if I share the disk encryption password from my Linode with my, you know, YouTube account because... <laughs> They're so far apart from each other, and nobody could ever get the one I used to decrypt my hard drive. Like, that's not true. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, until you face a targeted attack, exactly. Yeah, so, essentially, just think about ways you can do to ruin an attacker's day. You don't, you don't have to prevent them, you just gotta ruin their day. And that'll prevent you from being a low-hanging fruit. Now, if you're a high-value yeah. target with an attacker with a lot of resources, it's game over, you know, already. But the... I mean, that's an entirely different model, right? Most people are not that model. Right. I would say the vast majority of people are not that yeah. model. You know, it is really interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't really think about, like, I've done HIPAA compliance. I've never done HIPAA compliance in any kind of cloud environment. And I know plenty of people mm. do, and it's possible and all that. But I'm really curious. It must be like a system level, like, encryption. You know, like the system's totally disposable, but the data is encrypted. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the only way that you can approach that. And But then your argument is still the same, right? Like even well, to it, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's always going to be that weak point, but you do minimize the area of that target. Yeah. If it's done like that and if it's only right. decrypted on demand, right? right? Rather than a necessity for runtime and such. Yeah, so there are ways to limit it and to get close, but you're never going to be 100% there. There's no such thing as a secure right. computer. Right. Right. Which is I mean that's one of the things that every security expert says is, is it connected to, is it connected to power? Okay, it's not secure. Like, you know. And even then, it doesn't need to be. You can rip a hard sure. drive out and throw it Sure, I, you I, know, I was generalizing. If anyone has physical access to the thing, or if it's connected to the internet, or if it's powered on and connected to a network. You know, right. like, there's a lot of different conditions where it can be right. accessible. That's the only place where full disk encryption saves you, actually, is someone ripping your hard drive out. Yeah, right. Yeah, actually, that is which that does is mean true. there or is a laptop theft or, right. or such. Yeah, it, it, I do. It, I do encrypt my laptops. Yeah, so do I, and, and that, I even encrypt my desktops. But mm. you know, that is the one case where encrypting on a Linode, for example, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is if you trust Linode, but you don't necessarily trust their physical security in their data centers. Mm -hmm. At least if somebody went in and ripped the fucking hard drives out. They'd have a Dickens of a time getting you, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So I'm not saying it's the worst idea in the world. And, you know, I don't do it either. You know, we've been mm. talking about this because we've been talking a lot about different virtual resources and shit for other reasons, like, you know, our fucking 20-minute tirade about Vulture <laughs> in the beginning. Your 20-minute tirade about Vulture. Yeah, so I thought it would be, you know, a decent talk topic. Now, I, yeah, yeah. Did you? Right. <laughs> where are you going to take that? Well, I'm just, I'm not so sure. If you, like, are you absolutely certain that having SSH, like tiny SSH, in your init RAM FS doesn't make it such that Linode couldn't actually get the traffic? Well, no, you can never be guaranteed of that, Jathan. Right, because they could modify the init RAM FS and it could look like tiny SSH, but it's actually Linode SSH cat. and they're fucking It's you. Netcat or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, all right, yeah, right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, there's no, again, there's no guarantee. Now, you do have ways of increasing that, as I've said multiple times, you know, 
are they likely to go through the trouble? No, no. no. Yeah. And I, you know, I trust Linode. I do too. Yeah, I, I, I trust. Maybe again, it's by my nature. I would not trust like really. If I was keeping like state level secrets, wouldn't trust them. But I'd be very careful with who I did trust in that case. So your mileage may vary, of course, but yeah. Oh, and that that does kind of as an aside, I guess, to fill out a little more time because we finished sooner than I thought we would. <laughs> Are you really? I'm not really? gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that you should have said it or anything. I, you really thought we would finish? Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I thought it was gonna be longer. No, that's fine. No. Right. So a couple minutes ago, maybe 20, 15 minutes ago, I hinted at a way to hold higher level data in such a way that you would not have the risk of a targeted yeah. attack. The only real way to do that is publicly posting it, right, anonymously. That's the only safe way to do it, ironically mm. enough, is to have hide it out in the open. In which case, you have multiple people making copies, mirrors of it. You have, you know, a third party being legally liable for it. Right. And if it's anonymous, you know, you've, you've taken care to, right. to cover your right, tracks right, right. as best you can. You can make it very difficult to trace back to you. I'm not going to say impossible, but I'm going to say very difficult. Yeah. And you might just get lucky enough. And yet, if you post it publicly and anonymously... That's the safest way to do that. Obviously, this doesn't work with stuff like credit card information. But you know what? Credit card information isn't a state-level secret either. Yeah. Yeah, so it is a, a very interesting problem to think about and, and how the only solution to that right. is the exact opposite of what you would expect. And you can do the same thing publicly with verification, too. If you use a third party like Twitter where you can't delete or edit, I mean, you can delete, but you can't edit previous posts, you can post like a SHA-512 sum of something. If that fits in the 230, I forget how long a SHA-512 sum is. Oh, or like a SHA-256 or whatever. Or a SHA-3-256, preferably. Preferably. Yeah, if you if you post a summary of some sort of thing you're going to say, but you don't want to release that information yet until after the event happens, but you need proof that you made the claim before it happens, SHA-512 hmm. sum. Or a good checksum of that message and then paste the message. Or a detached GPG signature. Probably ask you armored if it's if it's going to Twitter or something, but you know, like a, an attached signature will also do the same thing because it's essentially a signed checksum. Right. So that's it. That is. I think that's all I have to add about that. Yeah, I don't actually thing? have a very large fifteen clams. I. It's fine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, last episode was a little long. This one's gonna be a little shorter. Everything's fine. I'll come oh, down to watch a little bit of life about balance. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. What is your fit? Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. So if I have, if I have a cabinet, so I don't know, thirty-two U cups or plates. Oh, that kind of cabinet. Yeah. Oh, thirty-two U. ABC or different brand. <laughs> Jesus doesn't Christ. Matter. No, it matters. It doesn't matter that much. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. Some are extra wide. You don't deep. even know what I'm gonna say. Deep and wide. Deep I'm gonna and wide. It doesn't matter, Jayla. And right. you have. All right. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate this so much. You actually love it, and you, don't okay. deny it. No, you... no, I, I cannot send it. Okay. If you have 17 of those racks occupied, of those rack spaces, we'll call them, Yes. how many are free? How many spots were there? It's a 32U. Oh. Not, that includes the fan. It's built into the in the cab and everything, so I don't need to worry about that. Okay. How many spots are free? Is there anything half-depth? Like a switch that's only half the depth? Jathan, so help me if you're mounting two things on one rack. I'm not, but it's, you know, you could. I've done that. Why would anyone do... 
All right, fine. It's fucking 15. <laughs> Thank you. Per your so shit <laughs> thing. Brent, I'm sorry, man. I really oh try not to make this hard on you. I really, you know. I hate You this. love it. You love it. Sathan. All right. So, lucky's so we, we talked a lot about VPSs. We talked about encryption, full disk encryption, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think we may have covered this briefly on the era before in some capacity, but obviously still COVID times for a lot of people working from home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very fortunate. My employer gives me a desktop for my office, but also a laptop. You know, I get to take the laptops to the data center and stuff like that when I go. While I'm at home, the, the laptop is with me. My desktop is still at work, but on. And mm-hmm. it's nice because, you know, I can still log in and use it as a jump box of sorts and stuff like that. <sighs> However... I reached a point where my desktop was at uh, 103 days of uptime with Arch Linux, which... Uh, it's not good, no. Probably not a record, well, but not the best. It's probably fine. It's, it's fine. It was good. fine. The only thing you're missing out is kernel and kernel modules. Kernel, right. Yeah. yeah. I, no, it was probably fine. But one. I was yeah. like getting a little antsy. Mm-hmm. Really wanted to update it. But the problem is it's full disk encrypted, right? So that's well, you a situation... Can update it. You just can't reboot you it. You can't reboot it, right? Yeah. yeah. So you can still update your services and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So fine. the thing is, every time I would go to work to change a disk or something, I'd stop by and reboot my hard drive or my my desktop, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now my desktop is full disk encrypted because you know it's in a building where lots of people have keys to things, whatever. If somebody runs off with it, right. I want to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because I have SSH keys in my home directory that can log me into all kinds mm-hmm. of fun things, right? Right. Yeah. So and, and a bash history that tells you where those mm-hmm. things are. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of pieces. A lot of pieces together. of that puzzle. But they're all in one place. So anyway, there's a thing you can do where you can basically embed either Dropbear or Tiny SSH in your init RAM uh-huh. FS, mm-hmm. and then you can give them SSH keys so that when you reboot your computer, you can log in via SSH to type in the password for full disk encryption, which is why mm-hmm. this whole discussion came up. Yes. So I recently experimented with this. I actually, at this point, I have it working. So that's great. I will say I'm using tiny SSH because Dropbear doesn't support ED25519. Mm-hmm. And it was super, super simple. The only thing I had an issue with is, so I originally tried to do it the day before I was actually going to work. And I was like, well, if it doesn't work, I'm going tomorrow so I can fix it. Mm-hmm. I did have to actually, you know, grab a, an Arch installer and chroot in because there's a binaries array in your making at cpio.conf that you may have to put some fucking binary for libgcc in there and you may not the archwiki mm. article doesn't really specify when you might need it or not and i didn't know if it was going to hurt if i put it in but i didn't need it i don't see why it would but yeah i don't either so i didn't put it in but it turns out that you know when i logged in i couldn't even type my password with the keyboard i just got this mm-hmm. stupid fucking error so it's a super easy process you know you can add as many keys as you want to decrypt it i would argue that you should add as few as you could so like right only my work minimum. laptop right now can log in remotely to decrypt my work desktop. That's interesting. Because it, it, it is, I mean, it's called tiny for a reason. It's yes. stripped down in feature sets, so your your access controls are a little bit diminished there. Yes. But, you know, I just want to say, you know, if you have a network device at home or something that, you know, you might benefit from decrypting without being there. Mm-hmm. Probably not Wi-Fi because that's a pain in the butt. I mean, you can set it up, but it's a pain in the butt too. You can actually set it up entirely over Wi-Fi. They have uh, instructions for that. But the other thing is, you know, don't do it with something like your router because <laughs> without the router, you're right. not going to have your jump box at home, your Raspberry Pi or whatever to actually get to the fucking router. So, you know, I just, you know, my experience was fairly pleasant with it. This is the first time I've been talking about setting it up for ages and ages. I haven't. I finally did. 
The other thing to note, and this is in the documentation, and I didn't have a problem with this, but I want to point it out, is you know if you use encryption already, there is a hook that you have to put before file systems called encrypt. That does not get appended to with encrypt SSH. It gets replaced. So encrypt SSH will handle the SSH decryption, but also local. If you have both, you will run into some issues. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was really... I was going to talk more about just Vulture in general for my 15 clams, but you kind of <coughs> fucked that up. Good. We're good at that. Agent of Chaos. Yeah, so you know, you got the full-length episode. You just got half my clams at the beginning, and now you got the rest of my clams. Seven and a half, seven and a half. Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Would not buy again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's all I got. Obviously gave you guys the fucking sneak peek that I was going to be working on some YouTube videos. My motivation there, a little twofold. One... A big part of my job that I really like, typically, is... What motivation? You still haven't released your Right, exactly. I know. What the fuck? Hold on. Calm the fuck down. I mean, clam. You know, it's my clam. It's my clam. waiting for that, Jathan. You have fans waiting. <laughs> so... Waiting with bated breath. So big breath. part of motivation... With bated breath. You know, one of my... F- fucking A. One of my favorite parts of, of my job is, you know, when it's not a pandemic, I get to teach all kinds of workshops, interact with people, and it's a nice break, you know? Instead of staring at a computer for an hour and a half or two hours at a time, I'm in a classroom. I like to talk to people generally. I mean, to be fair, you could still do that now with the virtual classroom. Yes, and we've tried it. It's just, you know, it's... I only get to cover so many things for work, and some of the things that I've been excited about and want to talk about recently are not really relevant to work, so Mm. I'm taking to the YouTubes. The other thing is, you know, to be totally honest... It serves as a little bit of a personal portfolio in addition to my blog, because some things are better presented as a video. A lot of things I'm going to write up a blog post and include a video so you can choose. Do you want to read it? Do you want to watch the video? I know different people learn different ways. So, you know, I'm just trying it out. I don't feel like I have, you know, the world's greatest personality for YouTube or something like that. But So why do it? Because it's not hurting it. It's true. It's wasting bites. Sure. Wasting but you know what? If it helps, contributing, you're contributing to a to a sooner heat death. Right, of the universe. exactly. Thank you are contributing God. heat Fucking to bring the heat it on. death of the universe. So you know, if, if if it helps, you know, twenty people though, and it took me two hours of my life. Great, I helped twenty mm-hmm. people. And heat death is now two seconds closer. Thanks, Jayton. Yep. Thanks. Fuck. Thanks. Wow. Way to take my segment and turn Thanks, it into something Jay-Tong. negative. Way to go, man. This <laughs> is supposed to be positive. I don't think you've had a single 15 clams. Never. Not one. No, yes, I when? have. When was a positive when? clam? I'll, I'll find it. I'll find it. We'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes. I'm going to have to go back it. and listen to you every are gonna episode have to listen for to the last two years. For the last five years. Uh, well, you've only had 15 clams whatever. for two years. Whatever. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? That's still, that's yeah. It's still a, bit. a lot of episodes. A bit. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. I'm going to go back and take the timestamps out of each show so you don't know when the 15 clams start. Fuck you. (laughs) I'll just go to my raws, and I'll see where I start talking at the end. I I guess you could do that. You still have to open up each one, though. Yeah, so I think that's been it, right? Anyone else have anything to add? Thanks, boys. Thanks, buddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not your buddy. I'm not your buddy. I'm not your pal, guy. guy. I'm not your guy. I'm not your pal. That's your chief, buddy. Okay, this is... Yeah. Are you done? Yeah, we're all done. Okay. All right. This has been Sis Administrivia. I'm Brent. I'm and I'm, I'm Peyton. <laughs> See you around. You avoided saying your name, did See you around. Nope, I'm not going to say it until you answer my question. What? You specifically avoided saying your name, didn't you? Well, right. it's because I said it at the beginning. See you around. See you around.